0: Well, hello. It's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. We're at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts to Blue Wire. Shouts to American Fireworks, our longtime friend and sponsor there in Hudson. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. They're Cleveland sports fans just like you guys. Um, Look them up. Buy some gift certificates. Go out and see them. Buy some stuff. Tell them as they sent you. They've been known to take care of you when that happens. uh, Dre, how are you? It's been an interesting week Um, on many fronts. Yeah. So now you're going to be filling in on Cavs games.
1: Yeah. um, The try. The trifecta, to say the least. I'll be doing Cavs games here starting uh, in just a couple days. Monday night will be the first game that I will do. Um, Sorry we haven't been able to get back to you guys earlier in the week. We truly wanted to, truly were trying to, but just life has a way to throw curveballs at many of us, and we have to find a way to react to them. So here we are. It's Friday night, Friday afternoon, November 12th, uh, and getting ready for a weekend of Cavs basketball Browns are getting ready to go to new England. I think the new England Cleveland connection will be all weekend because I believe the Celtics come in tomorrow night and don't leave until Monday.
0: Yeah. They play two games um, in three days. I just looked that up. It's so there
1: So there's going to be a lot of eyes from Massachusetts towards Cleveland and vice versa over the next few days. Yeah. Wow. Can't wait.
0: Um, (laughs) so, so this is, um, a, I don't know. is temporary. The word, I mean, uh, I know we're. This is a true from Beauty to the Beast situation as Angel Gray moves on and you fill in. So this will be maybe a month or two, or do we not know this?
1: Yeah, we don't know. I mean, every time Dick, and Harry is from, from have put their name in wanting the job, and that was a pretty good line. And you've been working on that, obviously. <laughs> um, so so good for good on you. That was a good one. It caught me off guard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here to just keep the seat warm. I I. I, we'll see. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I think the bind that, that's going on is that the company and Cavs have to figure out who they want to go with next and how they want to go about it. I'm sure that's not easy. I'm sure most of you listening are already saying you know somebody that can do it. Um, I, To be honest, I'm extremely happy for Angel. I, I really am. She's got an opportunity to do some really cool stuff and some stuff she's earned. Um, but I don't uh, envy whoever's got to uh, find the replacement, just because it's a weird time of the year, and and this could end up being a hell of a gig in the long run uh, if the Cavs are legitimately as good as we we think we've seen them be over the first two weeks or two months of the season. Yeah,
0: so you know I I haven't seen a ton because it's just that time of year, right? And like they played Sunday night right after the Browns right. played. That's when I'm working. Um, you know, they've other times, but and I know they kind of gave one away the other night mm-hmm. as they led right up until the last 20 some seconds or so, something right. like that. Anyway, um, Evan Mobley is off to a great start and Ricky Rubio's a pro's pro. And it's encouraging. It's exciting. Like we'll see how it goes in. I'm not the person qualified to say they're a playoff team or this is total mirage, or this is going to be the beginning right. of something great. Right. Cause I, cause I don't know, but I would say for the organization and for the fan base, like, this kind of start was necessary for energy, for excitement, for belief, right, for getting people to care. Uh, right, right. Because it's been that long. And I've maintained all along I've never met Kobe Kobe Altman. I don't know the man. I know very little about him. Just by the timeline, like, the seat has to be hot, you know, or, yeah. or, 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 or heating to a certain point not too far from now. So, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I think when you have
1: – But go ahead. We'll see. I don't think anybody. I think that's a that's a question that I would probably answer differently. But knowing kind of how everything is going now and knowing um, who knows, because let's be honest, the owner has shown that, you know, you know, patience sometimes has been difficult. Uh, But I think and I haven't watched Cade Cunningham that much. I know the kid down in uh, Houston has had some had some moments. But the Evan Mobley part of things, if they can stand up their own way and let this kid grow into what it looks like he's going to grow into they have something special. Um, Isaac Okoro seems like, now that he's come off this hamstring issue, um, they're, they're going to kind of put it on him. He's in the starting lineup without Sexton right now. The key thing is right now, Sexton is out. He has been their leading scorer. They have tried to find or place the correct, um, identify exactly how he fits into the team. The start has been amazing. I, I know over the next few weeks and just looking at the schedule that, that I know of, I think the schedule will tell them a lot about where they place. But I I, I got to give him credit, Evan Mobley, and I don't you know I've heard some people say it, but he may be the best, He may be the number one pick overall, and they got him at number three. Um, if that's the case, Zach, they're in a really good situation. But we don't know that yet, so we're gonna have to go through it. I mean, they've, got, they've yeah. got Golden State coming up, they've got Brooklyn coming up, they've got I mean, you look at it, they've got a couple with the Celtics, they've got a couple with Brooklyn, with the Golden State Warriors, uh, Phoenix. We'll know in about a month <laughs> while I'm around how good or bad this team truly can be.
0: Sure. Uh, but with Mobley, whether they're going to win 50 or whether they're going to win 30 or whether they're going to win 15, you know, this is just the first start of his development. But it's a damn good start. right? Like yeah. you, you see things. And, and I did see it in the tournament last year and the occasional late-night Pac-12 game that I was able to stay up past my bedtime for. Like, <laughs> there's some rare gifts. And then you don't ever know because we always say, in the NBA, they're drafting children. Right. No to, to come in. And of course you want to develop these guys, but it's not really an NBA
1: organization's job. Right. Um, yeah. But so, unfortunately you're right. But we've seen this in sports in pro sports in general. Now there is a lot more, um, not coaching, but almost, I'm trying to find the right word to go along with it. Cause you're right. You used to be when you got to the, to the big leagues, you got to the, you know, to pros, that wasn't where they kind of, that you were already done. Now you got to kind of finish season and players off mm-hmm. and, that's what uh, Coach Bickerstaff and his staff is going to have to do. Does seem to have a good staff. I actually got to sit through a practice uh, yesterday. That's something I've never – I'll be honest, I've never sat through and watched an NBA practice. I've never able. have either. Yeah. And, and for you – know, and even for guys like me, and I, and I think the one thing that I will say, and it's not because I'm doing this job over the next few months, but it's so easy to watch a game at 7 o'clock, you know, turn on valleys or whatever else or TNT wherever you're watching a game and go, oh, this guy can't coach. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, or this guy's an idiot, but when you actually watch them put them through a pace, uh, and watch them how they how they watch video and how they talk about certain sets, um, it was eye-opening to watch how a practice goes about. And and to be honest, um, this team is so young, Zach. I mean, it, it makes that's the main thing for me as I'm around these guys. It's it's like a college team. There's so many twenty-three, twenty-four-year-olds, sure. and I think that's why the rookie rubio part of it. Um, excites guys like you and I. That you know, is, the, you're, the, yeah. you're the like fourth, or fifth person that was like, "Man, Ricky Rubio is is fun. He's a perfect guy for this team," and it's true. Well, that is the point I was going to make, right? Just
0: like Troy Hill and John Johnson and Malik Jackson with the Browns, like you got to create, you you got to hit these draft picks, and and you got to let these guys grow together. But you need pros to take that next step, and, mm-hmm. and and guys don't know it until they're in it, right? Yeah, you you need pros to to for glue. Um, for guidance, for development, for everything, right? And like Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio has played at a high level, at every high level for a long time. So um, you know, I'm not sure that. And again, I'm th- this is mostly box score scouting because his biggest games have been on the ones that I haven't seen any right. of. He's not going to score thirty seven and have eight threes every game, but he is going yeah. to bring a level of professionalism to your day to day week to week approach that that is going to be important
1: and- yeah and you know and the thing is which is crazy to me um I remember Ricky Rubio, I would say almost eight seventeen eight year i I don't even know what his age is currently, but I remember when he was like sixteen seventeen playing for his own national team mm-hmm. and you know and, and you remember it too, and everybody talked about his handle and he was going to be like the next uh, they're not Jason Williams. I'm trying to think of who the. I just remember the comparisons of this young point guard. Um, and it's amazing when you've lived your life and it's one of those other segments where we can tell each other how old we are. I can remember when he was 17, 18 playing against pros, and now he's the, the Wiley vet, you know, and it's like, it's amazing. And, and I think in hearing him talk, that's part of the reason why he feels so comfortable with this team is he's been uh, the Evan Mobleys, he's been the Isaac Okoros, he's been the Colin Sextons, you know, he's been, that, he's been the Darius Garland's. Um, so we'll see. I like I'm getting to know this team. Angel's doing a great job helping me um kind of get acclimated and understand. I think it was cool to see. Um could you have her call me too when she's done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it'll take a little longer for you, probably. <laughs> but but the other thing that she's that that I have seen, and it's early, is that this team is really close. Like I know a group of those guys all went over and watched the Cleveland Charge, or they can't, I don't know if they're the charge, whatever the charge is, but you know, you, that's how young they are, though. It almost reminded me, the picture I saw was like Sex and a Coro, uh, Garland, Evan Mobley. And the first thing it made me think of was like, well, that's like the varsity watching the JV game. Right. You know, that's it, exactly it, what it is. <laughs> they're,
0: they're only three years older than my brother's varsity players. Right. <laughs> right?
1: right. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's amazing. So it is. Um, it'll be an experience. I, I'll say this. And um, I didn't set out to do any of these things. I, it's I'm just keep working hard, trying to stay out of people's way. Um, But I'll say this to you and everybody that listens to us. uh, I'm shocked that before the age of 44, I'm going to be able to say that I've worked Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Indians, and Cleveland Cavs games. I think for who we are and for how stupid I can be at times, that's an amazing achievement that I must admit myself. Yeah, you used to go
0: to the Richfield Coliseum (laughs) when you were a fully grown (laughs) 11-year-old.
1: Pretty much. Fully grown (laughs) 11. (laughs) Um, (laughs) do you, this is what I remember
0: as a kid, I, I will never forget. You would go into the Coliseum, right. And you'd enter kind of on the, the main level, which would be like in today's structure, like the 100 to 200 level. Right. Uh And like that curtain would open and you would see the lights or see the lights off for what depending on the event there. And it just, as a little kid, like you would just see it and your breath would be taken away. And that, that is something that would stick with me like forever and ever and ever. Right. Me too like Me too. <laughs> the the wonder of doing that. So, hell yeah. So, so good for you on that. Um, yeah, thank fast you, forwarding man. to 2021, is there any surprise and I don't want to spend too much money on or time on this guy. I don't want to spend any money on him. Uh, cause he's not worth it. Is there any surprise that even when Odell had made his decision yesterday, that there were still leaks that he was considering and they are still getting the videos and Instagrams ready? I mean, is there anything more 2021 than that?
1: Uh, no, I'm you know what I said this on Red Zone last night and I'll say it again here. I, none of us are perfect. I don't I don't have all the answers. Um I, but I'll leave it at this and I'll try to say it like I said last night. Whatever happened with Odell here didn't work. And there was frustration by I mean we can start small. There's frustration by us. I mean, I think anyone any one of us that have had this conversation or watched the Browns game We've tried to pinpoint why it didn't work for three years. It didn't. Uh, and it's a management thing. I think management now knows, as we said last week, if something doesn't fit, you don't force it. Um, I, I understand why he was frustrated. I understand why Baker was frustrated. I understand why his dad was frustrated. Um, but quitting and doing what they did is a no-no. You can't do that. And whatever he wants. And to me, in, in some ways, and I'm not standing up for him, in some ways going to the Rams tells me he doesn't want You know, 80 balls thrown his way because he ain't getting 80 balls thrown his way uh, there. Um, I don't know if he knows what he truly wants, but he's no longer a Cleveland Brown. He's no longer an issue for us. So, you know, tip your hat to him. Good luck. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. Yeah. um,
0: I think he's a child that's established, right? I think he handled this very poorly but I'm going to take one exception to a little bit of how this has been covered. And frankly, I've tried to run away from most of it other than just trying to have a general knowledge of of what was going on. Um, He can still play guys. He, He can still play, right? He didn't make some plays and a lot didn't go his way. And the ending was as bizarre and as 2021 as anything, but like the guy can get open. The guy can, can catch a pass at spot a and beat you to point B and point C. Right. And and he can, he can stretch a defense and take the top off a defense and like he can help.
1: So, well, and the, the other thing I'll say, I'll we'll go, see I agree with say. all that. I mean, I, I don't see any point in calling him a child because 90% of the people you cover are ch- children. To be completely honest, they live in a different world than us. And, and, they do. So it, to me, that's a low blow because they like when you've had your ass kiss, kiss since, you were 15, <laughs> six, since you were 15 or 16, and some people call you a child. But when you've had your ass kissed since you are 15 or 16, and have millions put in your pocket, some people just don't grow up. Don't grow up the way that the rest of us grew up because their lives are completely different. The one thing I'll say to to top off what you just said, ah, I find it, um, for all the bullshit that's been thrown around and for how he got out of here, and it was bullshit, I find it crazy that so many L.A. Rams, for all the crap that you hear the average person that's never met him say about him, says more to me that the team themselves and the L.A. Rams were calling and begging for him to come to L.A. The players, not the coaches. Yeah. The players. The players were on phones all Thursday morning in LA, saying, "This is where you want to be." And and I mean, I heard every receiver was calling except Cooper Cup. <laughs> Did yeah. you
0: see the meme that gets passed around of the the Tony Harding, Nancy Kerrigan meme? Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> you know that's really going on, and that's really going on with the soccer team right now. Uh, I saw soccer. that. Uh, that we're in France or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They like went out to go kick it for a night and have dinner. And this girl was like setting her up to get jumped and get beat so she could play over. I'm like, so I I had a
0: thought here. Um, And you know, I I guess I just wanted to say it. The word, the wording has gone blank on me that's, that's just old age. But remember when Dearness had his big game three or four weeks ago. And afterwards he was almost brought to tears by someone telling him that LeBron was tweeting about him. right? Right. Like, there is no sense in me and you, and obviously I'm talking about me more, and I'm, when I say me, you, I'm also talking to everybody who's listening, and we thank you for listening, like getting mad about this stuff and how it's handled. I was just bringing up a point because this is just how it is, guys. Like right. Browns' decision was 11 years ago, right? Oh. Odell was in high school. So even though social media is – so much more prevalent and so much more involved in the daily decision-making and in the sports business and used so much more by the teams and the athletes themselves, not just media right. members and fans and everything else. Like, it's just not going away. And this is the environment that these guys are raised in, right? This is why yeah. the young kids are, you know, have their terrible lists and commitment videos, right? And um, yeah. <laughs> Odell Chief's free agency so he can do this in the transfer portal. You go in so you can get recruited again because this is just the culture and the system that we've all signed up for. And these guys worship LeBron because LeBron was, you know, obviously the athlete of their generation and has done all of these things and is the exception to so many rules in terms of making it and embracing the spotlight and doing way more good than bad and living up to the expectations, which so many are unfair expectations get put on these young athletes because of this. Right. But when he does that that. and he lives on social media, of course they do too. It's just
1: what it is. I think the one thing – Tristan McKenzie, have had this talk. I've had this talk with a lot of pro baseball players. They always, like, chuckle or laugh or think the fan is nuts that they're excited that LeBron James knows who they are. And it goes back to my whole statement of they live in a different world than you guys. They don't hold the same grudges that you hold. If LeBron James recognizes them to a kid that – like you said, to a kid that was in high school – or a kid that was in elementary school. I mean, LeBron now has been doing this for two damn decades. Right. And he's been one of the best for two damn decades. So throw out all of the emotional shade that you may have to a young kid that's become a professional athlete to have that guy shine light upon them. That's the biggest moment of their lives. No matter how you feel about the decision, no matter how you feel about uh, how he didn't tip your uncles, grandfathers, sisters, nieces, stepchild, sister at McDonald's in 2018 or whatever else you want to come up with. And the athlete <laughs> and the, the athlete, yeah, the athlete doesn't care. That's bigger to them that he recognizes them because that's who they're trying to be yeah. and who they've been pushing to be most of their lives. So when Dearnest, like somebody tweeted it perfectly, when Dearness was excited about that. And somebody and somebody said it perfect. They were like, "It's unbelievable how many white fans love their Browns, but get so pissed off when their Browns players love LeBron back." And it's like these guys are people, and that's the world that they live in. And to them, that is a big deal to be recognized by the greatest athlete in the last two decades. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Is that a, I'm, I'm, I said that yeah. slowly, like, but I think that it, it's fitting that that is what he is, right? Yeah, I mean even if he's not still and he might be,
0: he's he was the greatest athlete on 2 feet for a long long time, right? Like, no doubt. And and a megastar and, you know, and very involved in both being at the top of his game and the social media game at a time when social media took off.
1: So, yeah. So, he's probably probably a big re- he's probably one of the bigger not the but one of the bigger reasons why social media has become what it's become, right? Yeah, I mean and I never covering, even thought about that until so we started having this conversation.
0: The decision in the week leading up to it is one of the first things that I can ever remember covering with play-by-play on Twitter, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. We're here and we're waiting, and there's a chance that the announcement might come via social media. It didn't, but it could have, right? right. So that's, that's where it all started to turn. Um, and, you know, it's just it, – and here we are. So – We'll, right. we'll see how that goes. Um, big game for the Browns. More difficult circumstances, right? Story, story of the year. Isn't
1: it? Is Nick Chubb test positive? Can't, can't enjoy shit around here. at <laughs> no. You really can't. Um,
0: big game. When you win a big game, you earn the right to play more of them. It feels like with the Browns and Patriots, it feels like the loser of this game might end up a game out of the playoffs. Uh, but it also feels more to me like the Browns defense made a statement and took a step forward last week. And you're not going to – Totally dominate teams every week and force three turnovers and catch the away.
1: 85 Bears defense is never going to happen again. Right. The 2000 Ravens defense is never going to happen but, again. Let me just let me say something about the defense. I just, I'm glad you, you went this way. Um, yes, they, they have a coming out party per se last week because of the interception and things like that. They go into Sunday's game. If I would have told you that the Browns defense, after how many games they played, nine, eight, nine games. Uh, would be ranked 10th in points allowed. Would you say that was a pretty good defense? Mm Mm-hmm. If I told you that they'd be third in yards allowed, third in rush yards allowed, ninth in passing yards allowed, and tied for second in sacks, that'd be one of the best Browns defenses we've seen since 1999. Am I correct there? Uh, By a lot. Could people please leave the defensive coordinator alone? They just didn't have one good game last week. I said this to you on our podcast a couple weeks ago. I can go through three games. They don't win in Minnesota without the defense playing away as well, the way it played. They don't win in Cincinnati last week without the defense playing that way. They don't beat Chicago. And then I can hear the people already saying, well, that Dolphins sucked. It's not how it works in the NFL, people. The Miami Dolphins have beaten two teams. I've seen, I've seen two really bad teams beat all kinds of teams. It's not how it works. I, I'm, I'm, the defense has been one of the best parts of the team. I, I, I think it's fair to say that. Um, I will say I'm glad that he did let them play aggressive last week. You saw the corners. Uh, And to me, and I didn't get to hear the entire Joe Woods press conference this week. Maybe you can help me with this. It didn't seem like that was the week that he would unleash them because of the receivers and what we talked about, the Cincinnati Bengals offense and those wide receivers and and everything else. But for him to let them get aggressive and play man-to-man against them, Zach, and, and blitz and let Troy Hill look like the guy that was with the Rams, who played up on the line of scrimmage, played on that slot, who was able to go after the quarterback. Um, I thought the secondary was phenomenal and healthy, by the way. Anybody else recognize that? A.J. Green made plays again when he was pressed into service. Greg Newsom was awesome. Uh, Denzel Ward looked like a guy that's going to get a huge contract from somebody at some point in time. But we have to stop. And I know it's because you guys don't know what the hell's going on, but the Ravens and Bears 85 defense is done, son. You're never going to see a defense like that again. (laughs) Would I like him to be more aggressive at times? Sure. But as I just said, those stats I just gave, I think ninety percent of the NFL would take those defensive numbers <laughs> and run with them. All right. I'm trying to tell me
0: earlier when I was on a different work call that she needed to go outside, and then she left me a reminder on the floor, so we had to do it there. Um, and she domesticated, do that
1: domesticated Jackson. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen,
0: she's a smart dog. She knows what walk means. She knows what outside means. She knows what dinner means. Um, she doesn't know what shut the fuck up means, but we're working on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> looks, like, looks like you need Mr. October to come by. Uh. <laughs> yeah, um, one step at a time, just like the Browns, right? One, yeah, one step at a time. Sure. I just think even going back to game one, um, I think it's been obvious that the talent is upgraded on the defense, right? I think going back to games three and four, and you mentioned Minnesota where it all came together basically after the first quarter, um, it's clear that the intention was to get more athletic and deeper on the defensive line to have JOK to roam behind and clean plays up, right, and and let those guys take their chances um, in the backfield. I think John Johnson has settled in. I think he and Joe Woods have found a good middle ground on what uh-huh. his role should be, where he's best. You know, and that's not to say they're not going to have communication issues or that JOK is going right. to come in off uh-huh. a high ankle sprain and be at full speed and play 50 snaps again, but they're better the moment he gets back, right? Um, oh, no. You know, they, they have a lot of good players, and I, I think the stat was – two of 11 contested catches the Bengals made. Yeah. Uh, only two were ruled drops and you know that's always subjective, right? No no matter what. But like they were up on guys, they were making plays. Even if Denzel didn't have that 99-yarder, he had a freaking A game, right? Yes, and he did. that was that was big and that was what's important. And I just think if the Browns can still get to their goals, and I think they can. For as bad as October was, I think they can. I think it has to be the defense doing that because there's just no replacement for easy points. And, and no. that's not to say you're going to take every pick 99 yards, but when you take the ball away, when you stop people on fourth down midfield and you turn around and score, that's really good. Well, really we, good.
1: Said this a, we said this in a podcast anyway. Whoever wins the turnover ratio wins games in the NFL, and for whatever reason, the AFC North – has not been what it usually has been, whether it's be Baltimore not getting turnovers, the Browns, Cincinnati, and they're back to zero, I believe. I think they're back to zero now in turnover ratio, um, and I believe the Patriots come in at minus two. That's the number that has to continue to grow. If you can continue to win that, that changes everything in the game because, as you said, the way the league is set up now, if you don't get turnovers and another team has, let's say, eight possessions, the way the game is called, the way you can't touch the quarterback, the way – you're going to give up points in four of at least four of eight of those. And if the six field goals, okay, fine. But just do the math, people. If you can't do the things that we were used to seeing, if you don't get turnovers, it's a good chance you're gonna get we saw it with the Chargers game, right? You don't go you play against the wrong team and don't get turnovers, you're gonna give up points six, seven, eight times. And that makes for and that makes for tweets of people saying fire the defensive coordinator, this and that. Um, it comes back to the players. I think you make a good point about John Johnson and, and kind of fitting. Uh, And we haven't seen a lot of the blown coverages, but you've also seen the top four or five guys play now for about two, three weeks. And I know you laughed at me when I talked about they didn't play in preseason. They didn't practice together. But I wholeheartedly stand with that, Zach, that when you play defense and you play the defense the way they want to play it, and you play three safeties at a time and you bring a Troy Hill over and your best corner who you want to match up against the best wide receiver has been in and out. I don't I still stand by that that plays into how you play defense if you don't know each other well enough yet
0: no it, it does and there was always going to be that learning curve um I I agree that people need to stop sitting down at 12 55 every Sunday and saying I can't wait to blast Joe Woods <laughs> right oh. <laughs> um you're completely right on that thought however if this defense doesn't continue to ascend and excel, and I just wrote this today, it's probably publishing at some point while we're recording this podcast. Uh-huh. Like there's going to be questions to answer because I, th- I feel like now that we've seen it, the Vikings game, the Bengals game, it has to sustain and they have to, what we just talked about win the turnover ratio set up the offense for easy points. And then we know the formula um, whether you have in this week, again, you're in a situation where neither of your stud backs are available. Right. but If you could just, even create one turnover, right? All I would say is it's one sack on third down. You get to lead in the fourth quarter. That's how you put teams away.
1: No doubt. All I would say to that is let's put the same energy to the guy that calls the offensive plays. There's not a match in the energy for the, the other side that it is for the defense for whatever reason.
0: No, uh, Stefanski <laughs> has taken, no you're right. Stefanski has taken some criticism this year and some of it's been deserved. Uh right. I just thought not let, like you know,
1: Joe, but not like Joe. Not and the like offense has way more No, but
0: let's just but Here's Stefanski came in as coach of the year and Joe came in as perceived in the hot seat.
1: But that and it was a bad perception. They had shitty players. Like, they did I have shitty it. players. You're right. <laughs> right. But, but like, guys, this is going to be the first
0: group that's ever gotten more than two years here, Trey. That's just yeah. what it is. So. Right.
1: <laughs> I just, to me, they are a talented football team. We've said that all along. But we've also said from the very beginning, you have to be careful with your expectations. And the expectations were so damn high. That when the offense was failing and not finding his identity, I got people yelling and screaming about the defensive coordinator. It's like just because they don't play perfectly in September doesn't mean you got to fire somebody. It's, it plays it. Yeah, it's that's how Bronx people time. are wired, though. That's just yeah, but it's it's wired. a bad wire. It is. It's it an is. awful wire. <laughs> it
0: <laughs> it's terrible. It is. Um, but but that's how people are wired. It's
1: just what it is. So I mean, the passing game is like twenty six in the NFL. Do right, you got some games written down to pick for us? You <laughs> don't want to talk about, it. but give me that. Like, think about it. The passing offense is like twenty six. Well, the and, scoring yeah, offense, and it, was... and it looks like that to the naked eye, <laughs> right? Right, uh, but I, but I don't hear that. No, I don't hear people talking about that. I, I
0: think last week was the dream. In Denzel's, um, you know, pick set yeah. this up, but it was the dream script, right? Because the right. defense was good enough. That the offense didn't have to do too much, and the offense was so good in doing what it did that the defense just got to tee off, and your, oh, you brought all your corner blitzes and guys yes. just getting back there on every play, and like that D line
1: got- is good enough to 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 break other guys settled lines. in. Yeah. Guys, and then, like you said, no, and I'm glad you said it that way, and then the offense play, and that kind of tells you the recipe for the, se- the rest of the season. The only way they're going to be able to run the ball and use play action is by the defense getting turnovers and helping them get the way that they did and get leads. Um, they are a bitch to play when they get the lead. I think that's the one thing you and I agree with wholeheartedly. When they get ahead of you, especially if it's two scores and they can pin their ears back defensively and they can let those big running backs bruise and let those two guards bruise away, um, they are a different team. Let me say this and then we'll get into the games. It's the last thing I want to say. The Browns went through a very – you can call whatever the last week, week and a half has been. Uh, but I would say this. If you're a Browns fan, rather than complaining and being mad, I think Andrew Barry and his crew came together, uh, and they made the statement that needed to be made most, not only with the win in Cincinnati this past Sunday. I think by using the money that was gone with OBJ, they went out and established who they truly are and what's important. They backed the Brinks truck up for Petonio, as well as Wyatt Teller, who may be my favorite Brown since the team returned back in 99. And I mean that. No offense, Josh Cribs. Um to me, the statement was made within the clubhouse, within the locker room, without within the city of Cleveland, and to the rest of the NFL. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently, and they're going to do that by taking care of those road graders. Uh, and if it comes down to it, they'll put fat-ass Zach Jackson out there to score touchdowns and run the football if they have to. But with those offensive linemen, they know he can fall forward for a sandwich at McDonald's.
0: Yeah, um, I-, I did want to touch on that. I-, I think it doesn't always have to be one way. I think you can read into that that – they paid those guys and didn't pay some other guys. And mm-hmm. I think you can read into that that, you know, Denzel and Baker are under contract for next year, and you get to a certain point and you might Bingo. as well let it go. Right? Bingo. Um, <laughs> but in signing two guards to that kind of money, you're saying we trust that these guys are going to be top players for a long time and that this is going to be our identity for a long time as we sort through other things. Right? Yeah.
1: And it is their identity. I There's mean, especially no because
0: the defense thing. is still mostly Reynolds.
1: Right. It's it's Like I said, it was genius, and it's a great way. I know they didn't make those signings for a PR move, per se, but it's the best PR that you could have other than winning. Oh, sure. Right? Especially, here, here, in in cl- especially yeah. here in Cleveland. Especially here
0: in Cleveland. Especially
1: here in Cleveland.
0: Right. I mean, Bill Callahan was so funny on the Zoom today. He, just, commercial, he, he gave this political answer about how he doesn't get into guys' business, and he trusts that those guys will show up, whether they're making a little or a lot. And he said, but I, in Joel's case, I hope it gets him out of the commercial business. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is truly one of the worst commercials ever. But as I said to somebody on Twitter, we all know it's Spitzer, I believe. And and that's the whole point. As long as they didn't mind making asses of themselves. They've
0: gotten millions of views off of it. Right. Where else otherwise, you know, what what would the audience have been? So, so good for them. So,
1: right. If it was a good commercial, no one would remember.
0: If you guys listen all the time, thank you. Um, we started this year, and and again, like this this week, we've only done one. It's the first time in football season, I believe, we've only done one. And what we've been doing is kind of a Browns recap early talk about anything, and then on Fridays we've been doing a happy hour, shorter version, uh, you know, kind of previewing the game, touching on some other things, and then Dre out of nowhere. Said we we're gonna start picking games. And that was fine. I I do it anyway. I do it on an athletic podcast. I do it in my This Week in Browns column. I do it on the text all day with my friends, right? He does it anyway, trust us. Yes. <laughs> yes. So but again, there was no notice, no anything, no. whatever. And it just typical went. typical A to Z. Though. So I wanted to tell to play a little American Fireworks glory days and tell this story that I, I've no ne- I've my parents know it. it. It um I've never told you you don't know this, you're gonna die. So I always wanted to be a sports writer, and from an early, early age, it was cl- pretty clear that I wasn't qualified to do anything else, right? And even my dad, try as he might, to push me into something else, eventually came to the realization that I wasn't going to be good enough to do anything else, and he pushed <laughs> me there. And he he wasn't a writer, but he was a reader um, all the time and a consumer of, you know, radio and sports and whatever. And, I, you know, my mom always says I could read the news – I would read the sports page at three years old. My dad always says I could read the racing form before my before most kids my age could read. He's not especially proud of that, but he says it's a fact. But one person that he always read was Norman Chad, yeah, who was a you know humor columnist. And one of uh-huh. his is I don't know where he officially worked or whatever, but while newspapers were still a thing, um, his Washington Post, I believe picks column would be syndicated. And my dad would read it every day at work, the plane dealer, and he would bring it home. And he would especially make, even though I was reading every inch of the paper anyway, the sports page specifically, he would make sure that I saw that. And it was just a really um, unique and hilarious mix of jokes and a little bit of insight and biting self-deprecating humor, perhaps the kind you would say that I do, right? So I'm like 18, 19 years old, maybe even 17, 18 years old, and the local weekly newspaper um, hires me, and it's a local weekly newspaper, but it was for four communities, um, three of which were pretty decent-sized communities, and again, this is before the internet. I mean, I had a pretty good audience, right, right, um, right. In covering sports in these places where sports mattered. Uh, I had a pretty good audience. And one of the things that I did was a weekly football picks column. I was in college picking high school football games back back at home in the suburban <laughs> league and the pack seven and whatever else, oh <laughs> the, the old Metro league. Right. <laughs> and I was trying to be Norman Chad. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you think about how, how it's evolved. Well, it was just clickbait before you clicked. Right. Right. Like they could sell newspapers off some bold prediction on the Springfield Minerva game. Right. (laughs) And I would just say, I mean, I can't believe that they printed some of the shit that I said. Right. And, and I, I'm sure if I went to my parents' house and dug it up and I thought about doing it, I just haven't had time. We didn't even have time to podcast, but I remember one in particular that said, um, something to the effect of you know those bumper stickers of you know my my kid made the honor roll at uh you know Westlake Middle School I said well you, have you seen the new ones that uh, my honor student beat up the football team at Talmadge yeah <laughs> right? yeah, yeah so <laughs> one day i get an email from the Talmadge athletic director and he's fucking pissed oh, <laughs> and in no. retrospect he should have been right right, right. <laughs> and it's no different than 22 years later twitter mentions or people getting your email. And I'm always fine with people having my email. I don't want anybody to have my phone number or my address or whatever, but I'm always fine. And I just wanted to make sure that I told you that because it's funny how that's come full circle. Um, And we always talk about journalism and our business and stuff we've done. And um, I'm going to find some of those columns because like I said, I just cannot believe that they printed some of the shit that I wrote.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful. That is beautiful. You got to find some of that stuff that needs to be found immediately. Immediately. All right, here's the deal. we go into uh, what week is this? I should, be, I should have been more prepared, but I was loving the story that was told. Uh, we are in week 10. I can't believe it, but we are. We're in week 10 of the NFL season. We already had the Dolphins shock, the Ravens. That makes the AFC North that much closer. Uh, these games are hard to pick. This is a year that's been nuts. The team's on bye weeks this week. The Chicago Bears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Giants, and the Houston Texans. Um, I'm going to start from the back to the front. We do something different. I'm going to put the Rams and Niners game up there. I will tell you, I'm taking the Raider or the Raiders. I'm taking the Rams minus three and a half. The over under is 49. Uh, 49ers are talented, but their injuries have just killed them, Zach. So I just think the Rams are too talented, too rested to have to fail in this situation. They should. The Niners are done, right? Yeah. Uh, if the Niners can't beat Colt
0: McCoy last week, then then they're done. And bingo, I've been picking against them for the reason of they've told Jimmy G that they were done with him. They were moving on, right? You just don't.
1: You you just
0: you make that decision for a reason, right? And they had to go back to him, so that's a puzzling one. I'm not close enough to that team to know exactly what's going on, but you know, you liked the vibe. They had a clear offensive system. They had a clear defensive system. They had a lot of guys injured last year. I mean, we we talked all the time. I said we got to draft all these Niners in fantasy football because they're going to feed Debo Samuel. They're going to. We know they're going to run the ball, and they haven't done shit well. So yeah, um, to me, that line should be more like seven. Me too. Rather than three and a half. And just like I think the Browns should be favored and not New England. So it kind of gives me pause because these guys t- tend to know more yeah. than we do. Me and the Talma J.D. both. But um, <laughs> I'm with you. We'll go Rams three and a half.
1: All right. Um, you know, the other
0: thing, and, and, and this is
1: for another podcast another time. Is Shanahan that great of a head coach? Yeah,
0: it's, it's fair to wonder right now.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I mean, he's a great offensive mind, but maybe and, – and there's nothing wrong with that because we talk about people in such a weird way. Like I said, but this is something another conversation another time. It may come down that he's, his best role is a offensive coordinator and not a head coach, but you can't coach guys not being injured or being injured, so that's, that's one of those to throw up.
0: Yeah, I mean, you listen, we all think we know, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, right. and we don't. But there are times when, regardless of what's going on, your team's got to respond. And for them to come out at home against Colt McCoy right. in the division where things in front. I mean, the NFC is clearly the superior conference, right? And, and, and sure most like legit it, yeah. Super Bowl contenders are there. But the fact is, Dre, like, the last playoff spot is up for grabs.
1: Yeah, right. that's true. Ones, true. That's
0: why they brought Cam Newton this week, because
1: the Panthers are like, well, we've sucked, but we can, <laughs> we can go do this. They've right. sucked, but they've got a top two, top three defense. Sure, Their defense sure. is. is so and that's that, what I'm and saying. For, have, them to
0: not, yeah. for them to not respond last week tells me that something's really broken. In no doubt.
1: Season. No doubt. So, yeah, we both go with the Rams. Uh, I'll go to Sunday Night Football Chiefs at the Raiders in Vegas. Um, side note, and this is early on and this too, too soon to speculate, but it is soon enough to ask. Um, having a team in Vegas is starting to seem like not a good idea. These guys uh, can and, get in
0: trouble anywhere.
1: Yeah, it, yes, they can. But how many of them? If I mean, and I and I can go to the Henry Ruggs situation. Um, not a lot of. I doubt you're three thirty in the morning, four in the morning. You're driving 156 in, in Kansas City, Missouri, or or Green Bay, or Seattle. I'm just I going off the teams of the names that pop up in front of me. Um, they're going to have to draft a different type of guy in, in in Vegas. And what was Damon Arnett doing? What the hell was that? That was well. Dumb.
0: Drafts and Damon Arnett and Lynn Bowden in the same draft. I don't care where you are.
1: True that. True that. Yeah. Say no, you're say just, no more. <laughs> you're, living,
0: you're living on one side of the road, right? Yeah. Like yeah, that's, yeah, what you're, yeah. that's what you're choosing to do.
1: Yeah. Like I said, too early to speculate, but I think it is something to pay attention to, is all I would say. You're putting young guys. Because the one thing I hadn't thought of, and it's true, but you are putting very, very young guys with a lot of money in a city that never, never sleeps like no other. Great. That's the part that would—that is the part that would make me pause for a second. Um, Raiders are at home though in Vegas. Chiefs are coming there. The Chiefs are a two or minus two and a half. You think the you think the Browns in New England is awkward? I think this one is awkward because the Chiefs haven't figured out who the hell they are. But I think I'm taking them. I'm taking them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I lean that way, too. I'm going to go with the over in this game. Okay. The over is 52. 51 or 52, yeah. I think, you know, let it fly. Mahomes gets his groove back a little bit. Uh, Optimal weather conditions. Desperate teams. This is a huge game, right? Yes. And I think both can score when they need to. Push it down the field a little bit. I would say I'll go Chiefs 34-31 uh, if I have to, but if I'm allowed to take the over, that would be my preferred You pick.
1: got it. I got you written down as the over. That is a Sunday night game. I'll be watching Dave Chappelle checking my phone to see if you lost on that one. I am um, still don't know why I started in the 4 o'clock games. Okay, you know what? The Panthers and the Cardinals. I think this is going to get some people in trouble. Cardinals are at home, 8-1 riding high. Uh, their quarterback, Tyler Murray, will be a game-time decision on if he plays. It's ten and a half. Now, I know Cam Newton's not going to start for the Panthers, and they have no quarterback without him, and some would say with him they have no quarterback. But the defense is legitimate, and the Cardinals are banged up. Their starting running back is out. Um, heck, they play without all their guys last week in one. Ten and a half seems like a lot of points, Zach, even though it is the Cardinal, or even if it is Carolina who can't score. Yeah,
0: I'm taking the ten and a half here. Uh, okay. Sam Darnold could not have been worse, right? That's, oh that's a gain losing him. Uh, they are still technically in it, as we mentioned. Uh, it just seems like a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying they win the game,
1: I'll take the double digits. All right, yeah, I think both of us are gonna take the dog. Uh, we're both gonna do that. How about uh, Vikings at Chargers? Uh, Chargers are a three point favorite, or they're minus three at home versus the Vikings. I think they blow them out, honestly. I don't know why.
0: Every Vikings game has a bizarre ending of some sort, right? Yeah, um. Uh, I don't know. I I like the Chargers. I, I'm in on the Chargers, not as a Super Bowl team, but I've long seen the Chargers as this year's Browns. Get a new coach needed, fix the offensive line needed, and and see what happens. Um, lay in the three. Gosh, yeah. I'll take the
1: Chargers. You taking the Chargers? Yeah, I I think I'm taking the Chargers too. That's that's scary. I don't like when we agree. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm going with that. All right, I got that one written down. Let me pick another one. saints Tights, I was thinking about. Titans are uh, minus three at home. Saints still don't have a quarterback, but they're another team that's got a really good defense believes in themselves. You don't have to pick that game. I'm just giving you a handful that we can go yeah, up. Yeah,
0: I got a pick in that game, and it's under 44. Uh, it's Hangover City for the Titans, who were awesome last week across the country on Sunday Night Football. It was their uh-huh. defense that did it. Kamara's hurt. We don't know who's playing quarterback for the Saints. They have a great defense. I just think that's first 20 wins all the way. I'll take under 44.
1: That might be good. Hey, uh, it's early. I know we're at the halfway point, but Mike Rabel is, is running away with Coach of the Year in Miami. He is. Kingsbury's close, but he's right there. Walsh Jesuit football is back, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, screw them. Uh, okay, here's, to- here's a line for you. Tonight, I, yeah. Brunswick High School, Medina minus seven versus St. Ignatius. Who you got?
1: Ah. I- you know, the coach of St. Ignatius has slayed the Dragons for years, right? Slayed the big guys. Decades. In a couple decades. Uh, but this kid here, Medina, is special. They've got four or five special wide receivers. I'm going with the bees because they're right down the street for me, and I don't want to get stumped.
0: I'll take Chuck Kyle plus the touchdown. Now. I knew you would. No, I've been wanting – I had long circled this game, and I want to see this kid. And everybody that has seen this kid says he's phenomenal. Um, yeah. And everybody that's covered this kid says he's as good a kid as he is a player, which I always like to hear. So, um, something came up where I, I just can't get to Brunswick in time tonight. But I do; it's it's the Spectrum Channel One game, and I have it on the DVR, and I, I plan to when I come home on Monday, I plan to watch it because um, yeah. I've seen the highlights, and if they yeah. win, you know, I definitely would like to get out and see him. Uh, and we we've talked about it, you know, openly. And I don't even know how to say the kid's last name, frankly. But yeah. if James Franklin. He's committed to Penn State, and if right. Franklin takes another job, what happens there is fascinating because um, some of the services that do this, and again, I don't want to know who else is in the pool, um, right. say he's the number one quarterback prospect in the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, like, and that we like you said, we've had that conversation of, you know, <laughs> how does he end up at Penn State if he is – I think it's Al, Drew Al, Aller. Is it Aller? Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. find I, out. We'll I find it out in detail. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll find out in due time. Uh, We could do Lions and Jets, or Lions and Steelers, rather. That's a 1 o'clock game in Pittsburgh. Steelers are 8-point favorite. Let's do Browns Um, and Patriots. Okay, let's do Browns and Patriots and wrap it up. You got it. You already said you already took the under. That's why.
0: Yeah, (laughs) one play for the weekend. Patriots team total under 23 and a half.
1: Chalk it. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Big linebackers against the tight ends of the Browns. That's where they have to make their hay in my uh, consideration. Running back situation. Do we know any more about the Patriots running backs? Because they're running Harrison and, and uh, their other running back have concussion issues. Uh, Brandon Bolden could be their lead. Rusher, yeah, we don't
0: what... know uh, anything definitively as of 2.30 or 3 o'clock when we sat down to do this podcast. So that is interesting because they got to run the ball. And especially with Damian Harris, he was their clear number one. Uh, You know, I think the Browns are the better team, Dre. And as I mentioned, I think if the Browns defense shows up, they win. But the Browns do not cover tight ends. And Belichick will will use those tight ends. And they're not afraid to run trick plays and whatever. Like, I think Josh McDaniels has done a wonderful job of bringing the rookie along, but not only understanding the limitations – and instead of using them as a crutch, kind of doing whatever it takes. They've used right. four running backs, right? They use all the yeah. tight ends. Jacoby Myers throws passes. They run double reverses. Like, whatever you got to do. They will get do it. It's what you got to do.
1: I think we're going to learn a lot about Kevin Stefanski on Sunday. Um, because we've always, the, the statement with uh, Belichick has always been, he makes you play left-handed. Well, you're already kind of playing left-handed because you don't have your top two running backs, right? Um, but that offensive line is the same offensive line. And, that, and nothing has changed with that at all uh they're running mac jones has done a really good job. hey look i've talked to some new england people and some of the writers been uh, violent or i believe i talked to and who was really good to talk to the thought process in the locker room in new england is you know buffalo has stumbled a little bit they're right there and as you said any afc game is a big game they're one and four at home that's what scares me they're not going to keep losing at home i don't think
0: yeah, I mean, it goes a little deeper than that, right? They, they had every beat yeah. the Bucs, they just didn't. It was like the rookie's third start. Right. It went to overtime with the Cowboys, who are as good as anybody. Um, but the flip side of that is if you take away the two big numbers they've put on the Jets, their offense is bottom third in everything.
1: Bingo. Yeah, they've had two against the Jets. That yeah. plays into it, too. Yeah. I think the Browns win, but I'm taking the under as well. I just don't think it's going to be a lot of points scored regardless.
0: All right. Dog's barking again, and I got to get on a call here. Um, So when your Cavs debut is Monday?
1: Monday night, and then I'll be in Brooklyn with the team on Tuesday and make my first trip with them. Then um, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous.
0: (laughs) I I, I really am.
1: Yeah, no, that's something new. Um, Yeah.
0: You know, you were expecting to go to the Medina game or the Maslin game with me. (laughs) Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. This is, this is put a, a little bit of a monkey rich in things, but uh, hey man, we're gonna ride the wave and see how it goes.
0: Hey, amen,
1: amen, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for
0: asking when there's gonna be a podcast. We would like to do it every day. Spoiler alert: We're working on eventually that being the case. Um, yeah. Right we now, really we're, are. we're playing the hand that's dealt, and we'll see what happens. We appreciate um, all the support. We. Enjoy your passion, your humor, all that stuff. I'm going to go over to my parents and look for those prediction articles. Please
1: do. <laughs> and anybody that wants to make jokes about seven-foot players getting interviewed by me, uh, the joke's are already been done. John us tried to give me a ladder, so give it up. Z's the only one that can make good jokes about me and not get punched. Don't you? Don't fall in the other category.
0: <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenichiwa Kenichiwa. <laughs>